Oklahoma and Texas unbeaten heading into Saturday's showdown at the Cotton Bowl. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sportsman by Ryan Aber of the Oklahoman. And Ryan, Oklahoma 5-0. and zero. They're outscored their opponents 237-54, but not exactly a difficult schedule to this point. Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and Iowa State. How would you evaluate OU after five games? Well, certainly they've done what they needed to do against the schedule that, uh, like you said, was pretty light. Uh, one of our uh, columnists a couple months ago called it the lightest schedule in OU history. But it takes a significant ramp up this weekend uh, with Texas, and we'll start tra- figuring out a little bit more about how improved this OU team is, especially uh, on the defensive side. The early numbers have been really good, not only with the uh, what they've done statistically, but also just the tackling has been a whole lot better. Things have been a whole lot crisper than they were a year ago when things really fell apart for them on that side of the ball. But like I said, it's a a massive, massive leap up uh, on Saturday against the Longhorns. Okay, so let's get into that defense a little bit better. Certainly statistically much better than, than recent seasons. Uh, And with the exception, I guess, of the first half last week against Iowa State, so you mentioned the tackling part. How also has the defense seemingly improved at this point? Yeah, I think they've been good with the exception of a couple of those plays, like you mentioned in the first half. They've been good at limiting uh, big plays defensively. They, they've given up some yardage, and uh, but they're making teams earn uh, every bit of the points that they've had. And uh, that's been a big difference from what we've seen on OU's defense the last few years under Alex Grinch. And then uh, last year when Brent Venables and Ted Roof's first year, they were really bad tackling, would give up a lot of busts. Now, the, the biggest thing that they're not doing right now is they haven't been able to uh, record a lot of sacks. They're getting a, a fair amount of tackles for loss, making some things happen in the backfield, but not necessarily getting after quarterbacks the way they'd like to. Uh, that's something that they've, they've got to do. But, uh, you know, it's sort of, at every level, they've got a whole lot more depth uh, than they do a year ago. Than they did a year ago with adding uh, some some transfers, uh, some freshmen, including Peyton Bowen, who have played uh, played big roles for them on that side of the ball. So it's a it's a completely different look than what we've seen from them on that side of the ball the last couple of years. Yeah, Brett Venables is his second-year head coach, is a defensive first dude. It's obviously his background. How has the scheme changed during his first couple of years as a head coach, and how much of this uh, we, we believe is improvement this year is because the players are in the second year of this system now? Yeah, I think that's the big thing. They're getting a whole lot more comfortable with what Brent Venables uh, likes to do defensively. Because Yeah, it was a a big change for them from Alex Grinch and what he did there, you know, the, the same look that we see with him at the USC versus what Brent Venables has done, both at Oklahoma and Clemson, and now uh, back with the Sooners, that same uh, type of uh, defense uh, that they like to use. And they talked about it, you know, last year, guys sort of said they had it down, but they were a step slow at times, just not uh, feeling confident and, and just sort of trusting their their bodies to get them where they needed to be in that defense. And, and that really uh, turned, showed up. And now you see a, a, a much bigger confidence in them defensively, a much bigger 
uh, command of this defense. And I, I think it, no better example of that than linebacker Danny Sussman, who recorded a ton of tackles a year ago, but a lot of those were five, six, seven yards downfield. Now he's making those plays at the line of scrimmage and really uh, forcing the issue uh, there on defense. And there's a lot of players around him who are doing the same thing. You know, let's flip this to the offensive side. Dylan Gabriel back at quarterback. Other than staying healthy, uh, what what has stood out about his performance uh, as opposed to last year? I think the decisiveness, the, the quick decision making. The uh, you know, last year he had a tendency to maybe hold on to the ball a little bit too long, and and yeah, he was avoiding turnovers, but he was taking a lot of sacks because he was sort of I don't know if afraid's the right word, but wouldn't pull the trigger on some of those throws. Now he's making the throws quickly. He's he's not taking the unnecessary sacks. If he needs to throw the ball away, he will. Uh, but more often than not, he's finding those windows. And he's gotten a whole lot better at the deep ball. Now, that it helps certainly that they've got a much deeper wide receiver group than they did a year ago when it was uh, Marvin Mims and a couple of uh, guys who could make some, some short yardage plays, but not much else. This year, they found uh, Andrew Anthony, that's the uh, transfer from Michigan, has been their their best deep ball threat. But also, a couple of guys who were first year players a year ago, Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson, have really turned into guys who can stretch the field as well. Nick Anderson, in particular, is a guy who struggled with injury a year ago, didn't see the field very much. He's been fantastic for them, five touchdown catches. But uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel's sort of been the engine that gets that offense going, and, and he's been fantastic so far. And uh, he's been able to run the football a little bit. Scored two rushing touchdowns last week, first time in his career he had multiples in that regard. And uh, they're able to do that a little bit more when they feel a whole lot more confident in their quarterback depth uh, than they did a year ago when he got beat or he got hurt just ahead of this game and missed the Texas game, and they were uh, disastrous at quarterback, had to go to uh, Wildcat and all kinds of different uh, gimmicky looks just to try to get through that game, and obviously didn't end up well for them. I'll get to that game from last year in a couple of moments. Talk with Ryan Aber of the uh, Oklahoman as we preview OU in Texas on Saturday. Uh, you mentioned a couple of guys on offense. His what the, is their approach offensively changed at all? And you know, you mentioned a couple of the individuals. Uh, you know, who else? Maybe uh, is there anybody else we should pay paying attention to specifically on Saturday? Oh, I, I think you know. I mentioned the, the, a lot of the wide receivers, but Jalil Farouk is a guy who's come on strong uh, the last few weeks. He's a guy that I think a lot of people expected to be their number one uh, wide receiver. Uh, you know, they they spread the ball around a ton recently. But he's sort of starting to look look uh, like he can grab that role. I think he's the guy that's poised to take off. You know, one one thing to watch, I think, will be the running back group for Oklahoma. You, we've seen uh, sort of a running back by committee approach uh, the last few weeks, but it seems like Marcus Major is starting to emerge there. Now Texas has been really good against the run, and OU has struggled this year uh, on balance. So they're, they're going to have to establish that run and be successful. I think Marcus Major, a fifth-year guy, is the one who's most likely to have an impact at that spot on Saturday. 
You mentioned the 49-0 game a year ago, you know, and then you also mentioned that Gabriel didn't play in that game because he got hurt previously. Does that game play a role in anything this week? Oh, they they say it doesn't, but then when you you really sort of start digging uh, in, into some of the things that have been said and also just the reactions of players, it clearly got to them. And, and you know, there's some understanding of what happened last year as far as Dylan Gabriel not being uh, around and them, uh, you know, not being able to move the ball through the air at all in that game. I think they have 39 passing yards against the Longhorns, which won't uh, get anything done. But their their defense, Brent Venables made it a, a, a priority to upgrade really at all levels, but especially in the front seven. Uh, last year, they really struggled in this game in particular. I think those guys had their, their pride battered a little bit, not only in this game last year, but really throughout the whole season. And this is their first opportunity to really start to prove uh, that that they're better and, and have turned a corner and are starting to be the kind of defense that Brent Venables envisioned at OU. Okay, I'm not suggesting that there's any hot seat thing going on here. I think that's sometimes an overrated term, but how important is this week's rivalry game for Venables? Oh, I think it's important when you look at you know everything last year, what happened there, uh, you know, clearly if they lose this game, it's not the end of the world, and uh, especially if they're able to bounce back through the rest of the schedule, which, uh, you know, like I mentioned, isn't the toughest in the world. It's the only ranked team right now that's on their schedule. Uh, but it, it's an emotional lift if they're able to, to win and perform well and, and also build some momentum for next year when they make that both teams, but OU in particular makes that leap to yeah. the SEC. And uh, it's going to be a, a different world over there when you talk about scheduling and the depth of the league, things like that. So they really want to do that for, for recruiting purposes and also just for uh, keeping the momentum going in a positive direction after you know the disappointment of last season. Yeah, I'll get to that SEC thing here towards the end also. So keep that in mind. I will definitely uh, have that. Uh, I think that's my most likely my last question here. But before we get to that, specifically, we talked about the OU defense. Uh, how do you think Venables and uh, the defense uh, the defense will try to match up this week against the Texas offense? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is slowing down those wide receivers at, at Texas. And, you know, that really starts with Xavier Worthy and the job that he's been able to do over there. You know, he's one of the best receivers in, in college football uh, for a reason. And, and certainly he's been fantastic for them. This is unlike any matchup that OU secondary has uh, experienced so far this year and, and really probably since last year when they faced him. And he uh, found a, the end zone for one of those. So I, I think they've got to figure out a way to cover Worthy. They've been good in the secondary, not great. Woody Washington uh, hasn't been tested a lot. I would imagine that they'll try to match him up a little bit more uh, to, to get uh, get into that matchup. He's been their best and most experienced corner there. But also I think freshman Peyton Bowen is going to play a big role in, in slowing down that Texas passing game. He's been really good at, at several different roles. Uh, back there, they've had to, to bounce uh, bounce some guys through uh, due to injury, uh, but he's really started to, to break through and become the player that they expected him to be. 
uh, this year. And then the other thing is up front. They've got to figure out a way to get after Quinn Ewers, make him uncomfortable in the pocket, and don't give him that time to sit back there and pick off uh, you know, Xavier Worthy and all those other uh, really good uh, receivers and, and tight ends that uh, Texas has. Okay, so let's flip this. The OU offense against the Texas defense. Uh, what are some of the keys uh, that we should be looking forward to uh, you know, paying attention to on Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, you, you started with the run game, like I mentioned earlier. You know, they've, they've rotated through there, but Marcus Major seems to have started to separate himself as the number one guy. They've really got to be able to establish that run and establish it early. Uh, that Their offensive line has been a bit of a work in progress. They feel really good about the tackles, but uh, you know, their left guard situation in particular has been a little bit fluid with Savion Bird getting hurt, Troy Everett uh, performing uh, you know, a little bit of a roller coaster for him. Uh, so far, but I think that they've got to figure out a way to uh, open up some holes in the run game while also uh, protecting Dylan Gabriel as much as possible because, uh, you know, they, like, well, they do feel better about their depth, but they, they're better with Dylan Gabriel healthy and, uh, you know, certainly uh, need him to uh, be able to find his deep group of receivers up there. So, a little bit of everything for them, I think, the offensively. But the biggest thing is that winning the battle up front, uh, really on both sides of the ball, but especially on that offensive side, going against Texas defensive front, and uh, you know finding ways to, to uh, open up holes in the rushing game. Okay, bottom line for Saturday's game: oh, uh, Texas is a six, six and a half, seven point favorite, depending on when and where you bet and so forth. Uh, who wins Saturday in Dallas, and uh, if OU doesn't win, do they at least cover the number? Yeah, I think it, this game is going to be tight, I think. Uh, you, you look, uh, historically there's been a fair amount of blowouts in this game, and generally uh, a team that, that blows out uh, the opposition one year uh, winds up winning the next year, even if it's a close one. And I think that that holds true again this year, I think, Texas has been through the fire. They've experienced this with beating Alabama earlier this year. I think Oklahoma is definitely better than they were a year ago, but uh, I don't know if they're 49 points better. But I do think OU covers. I think it's going to be a really tight game that goes down to the wire. But I think the Longhorns' experience and their depth of what they're able to do, uh, especially on the offensive side, winds up uh, winning out over the Sooners on Saturday. Okay, so now if I've got my information right here, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but your mark, uh, the Big 12 commissioner, not expected to re- attend the game, but the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, is expected to be there. Is that right? Yes, that is uh, absolutely right from my understanding. So, yeah, the, the Greg Sankey will be there getting a look at uh, what will be one of the SEC's great rivalries here moving forward. <laughs> and Brett, your mark is, uh, I think, just, going to sit in his office across town and, and hope that uh, this isn't the first of two OU-Texas matchups because it's going to be really hard for him to avoid the Big 12 championship game if these yeah. teams uh, were to face off again uh, here in a couple months. Is Sankey going to flip the coin or something before? I'm just kidding on this part, but that would be, uh... <laughs> hey, <laughs> that would be I'm, interesting. I'm sure either OU or Texas would have a big uh, – big objection to that so 
That's true. I'm just curious, you know, with OU and Texas leaving the conference at the end of the year, does that mean anything on the field this season? I mean, they haven't played very many conference games, so I'm not sure if, you know, like Texas Tech is out to get them or whatever. Is there anything to that, or am I just kind of asking an absurd question here? Oh, I, I think certainly when when these teams go on the road, they are, they're going to hear a lot about it. It amps things up a little bit, but I don't think it makes a – Certainly a big difference on Saturday in this particular game, but I don't think it makes a big difference on the field moving forward. I think the biggest difference for both these programs is recruiting and, and the difference uh, in the level that they've got to recruit, especially on the, uh, the defensive line, that uh, we've seen a lot of differences in the way OU has recruited uh, the last couple of classes in looking toward uh, that move, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it plays a big role on the field this year. But uh, certainly, get them some deers, and if uh, you know some teams able to jump up and bite them on the road, they're certainly going to celebrate it a little bit more uh, for uh, you know Big Twelve pride uh, for yeah. sure. All right, Ryan, we really appreciate it. Uh, have fun on Saturday. I went to this game like a twenty, like twenty-five years ago. I've fortunately been to a lot of big-time sporting events over my years, and uh, that was one of the most fun days I've ever had, sports-wise. Yeah, it's a it's an environment unlike any in college football. I think any any, <laughs> exactly. any college football fan, any sports fan, has to experience it at least once because it's just so unique, and uh, it's always one of my most enjoyable days of the year. So it'll be a, a good one on Saturday, and it sounds like it's going to be some football weather uh, down there as well with a little uh, little chill in the air. So that's uh, looking forward to that, especially. Okay, don't eat too much fried food. Is that right? I'll, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll try to <laughs> grab, a, grab a corn dog and uh, you know maybe something sweet, but uh, try to stay away from anything too heavy on Saturday for sure. Hard to do, though. For sure, at least yep. for me. All right, yep. good, very, good very stuff. Much. Yeah, I'm sure we'll check back later in the season. Thanks, always good talking to you, Ryan. Thanks. Yeah, thank y'all for having me on. Have a great one. Our pleasure, Ryan Aber of the Oklahoman.